Locked on Canes is back, and I couldn't be more excited. As we continue one of the most exciting off-seasons in University of Miami program history, they are getting ready for the 2022 campaign. So, now that we're a couple weeks into spring football, let's talk about which players and which coaches have stood out the most so far. Thanks for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Alex Dono, your new host of Locked On Canes. I'm a South Florida radio veteran, longtime pre and post game host on network radio for the Miami Hurricanes football team, and I'm a University of Miami alum. And before I ever set foot on campus as a student, when I arrived as a freshman in 2003, I had already put in a lifetime during the ups and downs prior to that. My time as a Miami Hurricanes football fan goes back to the 1980s, goes back to when they were winning championships on a regular basis, 80s, early 90s, early 2000s. So like a lot of you, having witnessed that sort of success in a previous iteration of Miami football, because obviously the program... It's been on a dip since the glory days. But having witnessed that much success early on in my life, you get a little spoiled. And you tend to always look at things through that same standard. Okay, The standard of winning and competing for championships have not been there for a long time. But I think we're starting to see what we hope is the light at the end of the tunnel. When you look now at this exciting time to be a Miami Hurricanes football fan, the alignment and the aggression from the athletic department and the administration to put in the investment, the financial investment to hire Mario Cristobal, and also to hire all the coaches that he wanted. When you think about the star-studded staff, people like Josh Gaddis, you took the acting offensive coordinator from Michigan, got him to take the same job at Miami. Kevin Steele, the defensive coordinator, ton of experience coaching defenses in the SEC, former head coach at Baylor once upon a time. You've got Charlie Strong coaching your linebackers. You've got Frank Ponce coaching your quarterbacks. Of course, everywhere Cristobal goes, so does Alex Mirabal, who's one of the highest regarded offensive line coaches in the country. Just in roles that are not even official assistant coaching roles, you've got Jason Taylor working as a defensive analyst. Ed Reed is the chief of staff. Taylor and Ed Reed are a couple of pro football Hall of Famers. Cristobal has built an all-star coaching staff. Uh, people who are former head coaches now working as coordinators. Former coordinators or head coaches now working as position coaches. I think the hope here would be, folks, that uh, not only is your recruiting going to get better, when you've got coaches with resumes like this who are proven recruiters, and recruiting is very important in college football, as we all know, but the talent development, you would also expect to get better. So are we seeing Miami already showing signs of improvement and identity on the field? I think identity is important as we get into the standouts so far in spring practice. And by the way, some of these are standouts you would expect. Right, Players who were either stars already or rising stars last year uh, that are flying very much above the radar. And I think you also have some standouts so far, which is a great thing, of players who were flying under the radar a year ago. Now, one of the first things Coach Cristobal said when spring practice opened is 
he really wants to overhaul the identity of this football team. You think about trademarks of a Mario Cristobal coach team. Teams that want to run you over, right? The offensive linemen want to pancake you. They want to establish a running game. They want to be tougher than you. Like he wants to create a tougher, more physical team. I wish I could give you more on that in late March, but I can't give you a whole lot on whether or not this team is already getting tougher as the pads have only been on for about a week. You're still a little over two weeks away from the spring game, uh, and they're not going full speed out there yet. So we're going to have to get back to you when it comes to the toughness. But as far as guys out there just straight up making plays, I mentioned we're going to start above the radar before we go under the radar. A player who's very much on your radar and was, I think, one of the better stories in the ACC for what he did in the second half of the season last year, and he plays the most important position in football, that's your incumbent starting quarterback, Tyler Van Dyke. What a revelation. I mean, you think about, had it not been for an unfortunate season-ending De'Ara King injury, we may have come out of last season having no idea just how good TVD was. TVD gets in to replace De'Eric King. Once he got a couple of starts under his belt, there was no looking back for Tyler Van Dyke. Finished the season last year, 62.3% completions, which is extra remarkable when you think about how much he attacked down the field. Because players who throw as many deep balls as Van Dyke did don't usually have accuracy in the 60s like he does. 2,931 passing yards, 25 touchdowns to only six interceptions. And so far, TVD is looking the part in spring. And he's going to get pushed. Jake Garcia, the backup quarterback, who was actually going toe-for-toe with TVD when they both got reps early last year. Uh, And then Jake Garcia also got injured last year, and that kind of rolled out the red carpet for Tyler Van Dyke to become the starter in place of De'Ara King, and the rest was history. Uh, But Jake Garcia is going to be breathing down his neck and looking over his shoulder. And so far, Van Dyke, we've seen plenty of footage coming out of spring ball uh, and the eyes that we have on the Green Tree practice fields. We're seeing that trademark accuracy. We're seeing him go down deep a lot to Keyshawn Smith, who we're going to talk about. Xavier Restrepo, another wide receiver who's doing some good things. Uh, And we're seeing TVD kind of with the new offensive identity because last year under Rhett Lashley, former offensive coordinator, Miami was running an up-tempo spread. Uh, It's going to be a little bit different under Gaddis. Uh, We're seeing Van Dyke more under center. We're seeing more bubble screens. We're seeing more rollouts. And this is something that he's adapting to nicely so far And certainly the touch and the accuracy has been there. He's receiving a lot of compliments so far for his ball placement. Um, For as good as he was last year, his mechanics weren't perfect. I think that's something he and quarterbacks coach Frank uh, Ponce are going to work on is his point of release. Uh, And, you know, I I mentioned he's going to be pushed. Uh, I I do want to emphasize (laughs) that I'm certainly not expecting him to lose the starting job. Uh, I think Jake Garcia, hopefully he sticks around long enough because if, if Tyler Van Dyke is is as good for a full season as he was for half a season last year, he's a redshirt sophomore this year, he could be off to the NFL in a year's time, which would open things up for Jake Garcia, who's a year younger than him, to have two or three years as the starting quarterback at Miami. So I Jake Garcia, I think his time is going to come. Um, he can push 
Tyler Van Dyke in that quarterback room. But I, it's it's TVD's job to lose. I know when you have a new coaching staff in, they want to evaluate everyone. They're not just going to be handing out starting jobs. They want competition. But I, I still think that based on what he accomplished and what he proved last year, Tyler Van Dyke is the best starting quarterback on this football team, even if it's not by a whole lot. Now, his weapons at wide receiver, you did lose some important leaders, veteran leaders from last year, Charleston Rambo, Mike Harley. Hopefully they're both on their way to the National Football League. I don't know if they'll both get drafted, but I think they're both going to get opportunities, drafted or not, to sign free agent deals somewhere. Uh, They were very reliable players on the field, but you're replacing these reliable receivers with a lot of potential and a lot of explosiveness. Now, a player that I want you to keep this name in the front of your minds heading into next year. You saw some flashes from him as a redshirt freshman a season ago. Xavier Restrepo, I think, is going to have a fantastic year. He's already showing a ton of separation in spring ball uh, as one of the better receivers on this football team, and I think he's going to end up being one of the most prominent slot receivers in the ACC, if not the country. Restrepo, 2021, as a redshirt freshman, caught 24 balls, 373 yards, two touchdowns, had a long reception of 45. Um, Now that he's getting a little bit older, a little bit bigger, he's putting on some size. He's a smaller receiver, listed 5'10", 195 pounds. I I think we can probably see him crack 200 this year. Uh, The hope would be he can kind of become a more explosive version of what Braxton Berrios was with the Miami program for a number of years, that he can become that sort of a leader playing the slot receiver position. And he and TVD and Garcia are already showing a lot of chemistry in spring. Restrepo, by all accounts, has been one of Miami's standout players so far. And if you stick with the wide receiver core, this is a player I'm very bullish on. And another one who he he's entering sort of his collegiate prime, right? Another uh, player who was a redshirt freshman last year caught some big balls in 2021. I'm talking about Keyshawn Smith, six foot one, 188 pounds, very fast, lightning fast. Last year he caught 33 passes for 405 yards, three touchdowns, a long of 57. He has been looking sweet out there last couple weeks at the Green Tree practice field, stretching the field. And he and Tyler Van Dyke are going to be a dangerous combination. He averaged 12.3 yards per catch last year. Would not surprise me if he's over 15 yards per catch this coming season. He's going to be the one stretching the field, uh, creating nightmares for opposing defensive backs, opening things up for your running game so the teams can't stack the box against Miami. And when you've got a quarterback who's got the stones to throw deep as often and as accurately as Tyler Van Dyke does, Keyshawn Smith is going to eat this year. (laughs) He is going to be eating really, really good this year. And another wide receiver that I'm not going to sleep on, uh, who as a freshman last year, he's actually still keeping that freshman tag, I believe, because he didn't burn his red shirt last year. But the limited action we saw from Jacoby George Seven receptions, 183 yards last year. He averaged 26 yards per grab a season ago, uh, scored a touchdown. You talk about another player who's going to stretch the field. And Jacoby George so far, this is another player who's really been been drawing the attention of onlookers uh, at Miami practices thus far this season. And, yeah, I was reading uh, this morning David Lake from Inside the U asked an interesting question. 
Can Jacoby George fill the Charleston Rambo role from last year in 2022, right? Can he become like the next version of Charleston Rambo and really work it to George early and often, heavily and often during games? Well, when we come back, we'll talk about some of the under-the-radar players who have been performing in a big way so far in spring ball. You know who always performs in a big way and helps me out? Built Bar. This is the time of year I've pretty much given up on all my New Year's resolutions, right? But not this year. Not this year. I am sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to Built Bar. It almost feels like it's really a resolution bar because I actually enjoy eating them is the amazing thing. Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bar. Puffs are the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar, guys. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Now you're speaking my language. I love chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors. Yummy cinnamony churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good. These are going to be your new favorite, I'm telling you. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate. Yes, Puffs included. That's 100% real chocolate. They're low calorie, high protein. Replace your candy bars with these. They're better, I'm telling you. A typical candy bar can be anywhere from two to 300 calories. Go to Built.com. That's B-U-I-L-T.com. Scroll down to the macros chart. You'll be blown away. High protein, low cal, high fiber, low carb. Most Built Bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, dozens of net carbs, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and now for this month, white chocolate cookies and cream. They're delicious, and new flavors are coming out all the time. If they think a flavor might be good, they're going to make it. It will be delicious, and it's going to be good for you all the time. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thank you for making Locked on Canes your first listen every day. Available free on all podcasting platforms. Looking at University of Miami football players so far who have been standing out in a positive way in spring practice. Eight practices so far in the books. Handful of those you've had pads on. Miami's going to have a couple of scrimmages the next two Saturdays before they play the spring game on April 16th. So, It's an exciting time. It's an exciting time to see who wants to show out and prove the new coaching staff they belong as starters or big-time players on this team, and how are they going to adapt to new offenses and new defenses this year. You know, there have been a couple of under-the-radar pleasant surprises so far. On the offensive line, now, that is an area of concern, Right? I mean, offensive line was a group that hasn't played well for the last several years. I think one of the hopes that Hurricanes fans have, well, a couple of hopes that Hurricanes fans have, um, that having a head coach like Mario Cristobal, who's a former offensive line coach and offensive lineman in his own right, uh, and having you know a proven O-line coach like Alex Mirabal working under him, 
that they're going to recruit the heck out of the O-line. We're already seeing them do that, right? Because that's an area where Miami's been lacking in recruiting for a number of years. Uh, but, of course, recruiting players class of 2022 and 2023, you know, you're not talking about guys who can help the team right now. You're talking about players who can help the team later. Uh, and thus far, in the limited work we've seen in spring, seen a lot of positive rev- reviews for Miami's offensive tackles. Zion Nelson, DJ Scaife, they have been consistent so far. Um, You know, there are some players on that O-line like Jalen Rivers and John Campbell you'd like to see big-time improvement from, and the hope would be that Mirabal can help improve them. But to get positive reviews from Miami's O-line, and of course we're going to know a lot more when the Bullets are live come early September, Uh, but for now that's a group we need to keep Tyler Van Dyke upright And we need to give Miami some room to run the football. So hearing good reviews out of the O-line, it's a nice start. And the O-linemen have positive reviews about the head coach so far. This is a quote shared by David Wilson in the Miami Herald following Thursday's practice. Uh, Six-year senior offensive lineman Justice Oluwazian had this to say about Mario Cristobal. Now he starts out this quote, it's a little bit of a recruiting pitch for prospective O-linemen out there in high school right now. Uh, He says, if you're an offensive lineman and you come here, I'm just telling you, the head coach is with you most of practice. I've never seen it, he said. I've never had a head coach who is literally doing individual drills, and he's literally teaching me a technique I'm supposed to do, and it just shows you what type of coach he is. He's a teacher. He's trying to teach us everything. It's crazy to see, but it's a good thing, he said. And yeah, Cristobal... He puts a premium on offensive line play. He knows that from personal experience, and it's it's kind of cool to see it. And it, it reminds me a little bit of, and you know, I, I certainly hope that the Cristobal era bears more fruit than the Mark Richt era did at Miami, but Mark Richt was like that with his quarterbacks. Uh, I can remember distinctly being at practices and attending uh, the spring games that Mark Richt coached in, and he was always right there with the quarterbacks during even the scrimmages, that he would be back there talking things through with the quarterbacks. Now, he didn't have the type of quarterbacking talent that Miami has right now with Tyler Van Dyke, but yeah, the way that Cristobal is being hands-on with the O-lineman reminds me a bit of the way Rick was so hands-on with the QBs. Thinking about an under-the-radar player on the defensive side of the football who's stepping up, Isaiah Dunson, third-year sophomore cornerback, He's been practicing well. He's been practicing outside corner with the first team. So that that was really, really nice to see uh, because the cornerback position, you know, you've got veterans like DJ Ivy, who we worry about a little bit, uh, and that's being generous. We worry about him in coverage. Malik Curtis, who's a sophomore, also out there. And actually, all the corners have been looking good. Ivy had an interception on Thursday in practice, and they've looked sharp in drills as well. So that's hopefully going to be an area of strength for Miami. When we come back, I want to take a look at one of the most interesting and surprising Miami recruiting headlines of the week. Could this player really be on his way? After months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for the Final Four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. 
BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts, interviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sport wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online where the game starts. I can't say it enough how happy I am to be part of the Locked On team, bringing you Locked On Canes every single day, talking University of Miami athletics. We're really going to hit the ground running. Uh, this being my debut show here next week, we're going to have a lot of fun. On Monday's episode, we're going to make some season predictions for Miami and ACC football, and I'm going to have on a former Miami Hurricanes player. So be looking forward to that one when it drops on Monday morning. We're going to bring, be bringing on a lot of great guests on the show. Not only have spring practices been going on, Miami recently had their pro day. They had a coaching clinic last week, which was star-studded. You had the likes of Jimmy Johnson and Ed Orgeron in attendance, and that's in addition to all the star-studded members of Miami's current staff. You've also had recruiting visits taking place. I mentioned how aggressive Miami has already been on the recruiting front since Cristobal and his staff arrived, and they've got big aspirations for the class of 2023. You know who took a visit and was in attendance at spring practice on Thursday? Five-star class of 2023 quarterback Jaden Rashada. He's from Pittsburgh, but not that Pittsburgh. He's from Pittsburgh, California. Took an unofficial visit to Miami and was seen at spring practice on Thursday. Miami has offered this player. He was offered back in February. And if they're able to, and I, you know, he probably wouldn't be making his commitment till December uh, at the earliest or maybe next February. This is going to be one of the most sought after recruits in the entire country. But you think about just the mere idea of Miami landing this player with how crowded the quarterback room is already. Right now, Rashada, of course, wouldn't be worried about Tyler Van Dyke because by the time Rashada was ready to start, Van Dyke will be long gone by that point. But yeah, it's not just Van Dyke. We talked about Jake Garcia, who was a true freshman last year, kept his red shirt. So he's going to be a red shirt freshman next year. He's got a lot of eligibility left. And Miami also has uh, the recent arrival. Now, certainly not as star studded of a recruit as Rashada is, but uh, Jacuri Brown, a three-star commit who is taking part in spring practice wearing the number 11. He's going to be a true freshman in that quarterback room. So the quarterback room, it's positively loaded. And I'm, I'm even, I would be surprised if they land a big-time class of 2023 quarterback only because there are so many young QBs already in the room. But I would certainly welcome it. And this particular player, Jaden Rashada, um, you know, he's he's more highly recruited than any of the current quarterbacks on Miami's roster. Uh, he had this uh, to say. Uh, he said, I had a little bit of communication with Josh Gaddis when he was at Michigan, and I think that's the reason why Miami has offered him and why he might be interested is the Gaddis connection here. Uh, he said this to 24-7 Sports before his visit to Miami. He says, but since he got to Miami, talking about Gaddis, I've really developed a strong relationship with him. I can talk to him whenever. Even with Coach Cristobal and the whole staff, they have done a really good job with me. So that would be incredible. And going back to Ja'Curry Brown, 
you know, I, I don't I don't think he's wowed anybody so far with his play on the field, the true freshman quarterback. But when I looked at this player with the practice shirt on for the first time, because previously I, I'd watched some of his high school highlights and seen some photographs of him, of course, but actually seeing him on the field with Miami players and older Miami players, this guy looks the part, Ja'Curry Brown. He he is very tall. He's six foot three plus. He's still growing into his frame. <laughs> he looks like a quarterback. He is gigantic. He's an eighteen year old young man, but he's already got college football type of size. So that that's one of these players I'm going to be watching throughout spring ball and into the spring game, knowing that hey, he's not going to be a starter at his position this year. But you know, this is another one who's going to develop into a potential. University of Miami starting quarterback in the future. So I can't wait to see how he develops. A former University of Miami starting quarterback took part in Miami's Pro Day on Wednesday. De'Eric King, who was out injured for most of last season, would love to see him find a place in the NFL. He's undersized at the quarterback position. Um, he's open to playing wide receiver. He, he said that today. He'll play wide receiver. He'll play quarterback. He doesn't care where he plays. He just wants a shot at the National Football League. I think changing positions is probably his best bet. Uh, the problem for King was, like a couple of other Miami players, didn't do himself any favors with the 40 time. Was clocked at a 4-7 with his 40, um, which... He looked faster on the field to me, watching King, especially in 2020, uh, when he had his great junior year from Miami. Uh, he was a legitimate dual threat, and he looked like a burner. Unfortunately, didn't look like a burner at his pro day, so I hope that that doesn't hurt his NFL chances too much. Also, uh, Miami's wide receivers that are heading into the draft, unfortunately, I, I don't expect either of them to get drafted uh, but Charleston Rambo and Mike Harley also had disappointing 40 times. Rambo at a 4-5-3, according to ACC Network, and Mike Harley ran his in a 4-4-6. So I hope I'm wrong about this, but I think the only Miami player who's going to get drafted is Bubba Bolden. I hope there's more because you want to see as many of these guys get taken in the draft as you possibly can. Thanks for making Locked On Canes your first listen every day. On Monday's episode, we will be joined by a former University of Miami football player. We're going to make some predictions for the ACC season coming up and where Miami's going to fit in that landscape. I think Miami's going to be certainly in the mix for an ACC championship. Is this their year to actually win the ACC title for the first time since joining the conference all the way back in 2004? So thank you for making us your first listen. Now make your second listen, Locked On NFL Draft. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts.